Hello, this is William Fink, and this is Christianity of Saturdays. Last January 21st, just a few days after the doxing of Mike Enoch and his wife, <clears throat> we did a program with Mike Delaney of ProThink.org titled Gatekeepers of the Alt-Right, or is it Alt-Wrong? Now it's 16 months later, oh, over 16 months later, oh, no, I'm sorry, over 14 months later, it's March 31st, 2018, and we're about to present a discussion on these gatekeepers of the alt-right, and this is part two, and it's subtitled, It's Alt-Wrong and All-Wrong, and of course it certainly is. Praise Yahweh the God of Israel, and thank you for listening. When we did that first program, back last January, we opened it by saying that gatekeepers give people a little bit of truth and steer them the wrong way on critical issues. The most glaring and blatantly deceptive example was Alex Jones's now famous claim that the Arabs control Hollywood. To us, David Duke is a gatekeeper because he pretends to teach about Jewish treachery, but he upholds their most dangerous and their biggest lies. All of these so-called white nationalists who embrace Jews and sodomites, or who refuse to condemn them, are even worse. And that includes Jared Taylor and the whole Amren crowd. Kevin McDonald also accepts Jewish lies, and he's tolerant of sodomites. So he too is a gatekeeper. Richard Spencer networks with McDonald, the Amren crowd, and the sodomite Greg Johnson. So Spencer is a gatekeeper too. Some of these clowns must be gatekeeping consciously, and others are simply not as red-pilled as they think they are. Now, we must be getting under the skin of some of these gatekeepers, and we are not going to let up. A couple of months ago, from some clowns from The Right Stuff, on a program quite impiously called the Godcast, sat and poked fun at our work at Christagenia, pretending to refute our Christian identity position. In reality, they refuted nothing. They only offered insipid denials of our assertions, by which they proved nothing. Of course, they may succeed in fooling some of the juveniles in their own audiences, but they are never going to deter us. From what I understand, the Godcast clowns are supposedly adherents to so-called traditional Christianity, as if the medieval church ever defended our race from destruction. So I was told by some of my own listeners that these clowns said that they would not take me seriously until I proved that two seed line was found in the writings of the early church fathers, which is an appeal to authority that by itself is faulty. However, if they really paid attention to my work, they would have known that I had proved that some of the early church fathers did indeed teach what we call two seed line. So I recently did four unrelated podcasts to prove them wrong and to show that there really is a solid foundation for what we believe. The first was titled, Exactly Why Jesus Christ is Not a Jew. And then a few weeks after that, I offered, Christian Identity, What Difference Does It Make? 
From there, in an introduction to a series titled Christianity in the Old Testament, part one was subtitled, What is a Catholic? In that we proved from the writings of their early church fathers that we are much closer to the original concept of a Catholic than are their traditional churches. Finally, on March 10th, we presented Early Two Seed Line Reiterated, which consisted once again of the writings of the early church fathers, Justin Martyr, Tertullian, Clement of Rome, and others, which very well express many elements of our Two Seed Line beliefs. Now I am hearing that these same clowns, whom I can prove wrong a thousand times in the, the realm of theology, really dislike me because I think that their icon, Mike Enoch, is a Jew. Let me say that I don't think Enoch is a Jew on my own account. Rather, I think that Enoch is a Jew from accounts that Enoch himself has provided. Enoch has mentioned me by name on several of his own programs quite recently, over the recent months, using me as a scapegoat because evidently a lot of others on the right also think that Enoch is a Jew. Here this evening we have another name with us that Mike Enoch has mentioned recently. We have Mike Delaney with us once again to discuss Mike Enoch and others from the so-called alt-right, which we think is alt-wrong, and all wrong. Hello, Mike. Thanks for being here this evening. Oh, thanks for having me on. I thought it would be fun uh, doing this uh, this uh, little discussion. Well, well, I hope it's fun because all, all of these people, regardless of the size of their followings, that they are all clowns and internet talking heads that have very little substance behind that they're jabber. That's all I could call it is jabber. They sit and run their mouths and say witty things and people like that. And they're entertained by it. And they confuse these people for leaders. I don't get yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a massive uh, Jewish subversive move. Uh, I think it just kind of coincides with the amount of people waking up. that They're putting so much effort into it. I guess it seems to me that the um the right stuff and the daily stormer are are all kosher not not only because there are Jews connected with the organizations themselves but because of the things that they promote the things that they promote are really kosher yeah and and the fact that they hide their kosherness you know they, you got those out there like this uh Nathaniel Kapner type that and Galad Otzman, you know, people like David Duke praise up and down as the uh, quote-unquote good Jews. And the only good Jews I know are at the bottom of the ocean, so I don't see uh, how that's anything. But at least with them, you have a, a sense of honesty of their identity. And you know not to trust them as far as you can throw them. So. They're either, the good Jews are either at the bottom of the ocean or in the, the ashtray of a Volkswagen. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> They're the only good Jews I know. And anyway, you're right, David Duke, and, and, and I believe he's compromised because he insists on finding 
the magic Jew, and and Nathaniel Kapner is his magic Jew, or or, or Gilad Ot- Otman, or whatever the hell his name is, is is Duke's magic Jew, and and he holds him up like, oh, here's a good Jew, and we could get along, and we could agree on things, and and that's bullshit. Yeah, you know, in in the medieval in 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 the medieval centuries, the Roman Catholic Church was subverted by converso Jews. Good Jews who who became converted into the Catholic Church and because they were rabbis, when they got into the Catholic Church, they became bishops. They started right out at the top. They became bishops. As soon as they were converted, they were learned apparently and, and became bishops and, and embarked on writing um commentaries on the Bible and on setting church policy in, in their own districts and and that's how the Catholic Church was eventually subverted and, and converted to, to, to the purposes of Jewry. To, today the Roman Catholic Church is a 100% kosher organization. That's the way I see them. That, that they're, All of their policies are absolutely anti-Christian. Exactly. So so now the same thing is happening in on a much smaller scale in white nationalism where where, where this concept that there could be good Jews or, or that Jewishness isn't really genetic is causing the the so-called right or, or this alt-right to be subverted by Jews and they're running yeah, away with it and their big defense to this um this idea of the of to fight against the genetic Jew angle is that um, if you call them out, they'll try to do some kind of damage control where they're like, "Well, he's only a quarter Jew, or his grandmother was a Jew, and so he's only an eighth." Or so. they try to break it down um, or, or to they, where it's, it's yeah, where it's diluted. I mean, uh, I, I just explain to people, I said, "Being a Jew is like being a vampire. I mean, you get bit, you're bit, you're you're a Jew." And these guys, the, the, the big defense they'll throw at you is, well, you're just purity spiraling. You're purity spiraling. Oh, well, yeah, exactly. There's nothing wrong. You're impurity spiraling. So. Right. That's what they do. They impurity spiral. That's a good term. I, I didn't even think about that one. You're <laughs> impurity spiraling. That That's a slippery slope that you don't come back from. Right. The, the, they, they love to appeal to the Nuremberg laws. And, and Hitler made mistakes. We can't repeat those mistakes. No, absolutely not. Not with the day and age of having DNA. I mean, just period. I mean, well, and we get into this later. But I mean, just people like Enoch in itself, where he's admittedly a Jew, over and over and over again, and then, yeah. I mean, that's just you know, we we got people that we see in the movie, and we're like, I don't know, they look like one, or they sound like one, or their actions are like one. But you can't really pin him down sometimes, whereas he's like, yeah, multiple times. I'm a Jew, and I'm part Jew, or if uh, you guys don't like any half-Jews, I wouldn't be allowed. And Well, we'll get into all that, but yeah, that's their defense. You're a purity spiraling then, I guess. Well, well, Andrew Anglin, he started out um, being sympathetic and seeking allies from Christian identity. And several of his initial writers on the Daily Stormer, the guys that helped make the website, were Christian identity. Brett Light, Sven Longshanks. 
And he, he was even posting some of my podcasts. He would never post my Bible study or, or my ancient history podcasts, but, but he posted things I did that were, um, linked to national socialism, like, like the, um, the first several of my protocols of Satan and, and my positive Christianity in the Third Reich. He posted those programs because I guess they were cool to post because I was talking about Hitler and Nazis and things like that, so that was cool. So he posted that stuff. He posted a few of the, um, he, he let Sven Longshanks post a few of our, um, podcasts on the Jews and, and, and early England, medieval Europe that, that we did. So he went that far, and then all of a sudden he turned on Identity Christians 100%. And, and got rid of him and Sven Longshank split and, and he basically banned all Christian identity from his website. Yeah, he made an abrupt anti, uh, Christian move. And, and let's not forget one of the things he did back in, I want to say 2015. I have a screenshot of it in case it ever becomes missing from his site, but he did a poll on his site. And of which it was like 10 different things you could choose from. What do you affiliate yourself as? Christian identity, you know, regular Catholic, Vatican one, traditional Catholic, orthodoxy, or Jew, or Islam, or pagan, atheist, agnostic, Lutheran, the whole gamut, right? And the top one on there was Christian identity. You know, it was the number one spot on there. I think the next one down was, I believe, I want to say traditional Catholicism. Um, and then pagan was a tight, pagan and traditional Catholicism were tied pretty much so. But uh, Christian identity was his, his meat and potatoes for his audience. And so for him to take an abrupt, you know, left turn on that and it's very telling because you can see that he reaches out trying to be a populist at some degree. Uh, you know, he plays the politician role like David Duke does. And so when you see the, the actual physical numbers in front of you that, hey, my audience is, my hardcore audience here is Christian identity. That's, you know, even if he doesn't want to, you know, look up the message or nothing and, and discover what it means or what it is, or maybe he has and that's why he's running from it, as some might say. But, um, yeah, well, at the end well, of right. the day, he, he, he went completely against everything that made sense. I sort of remember when you, when you had, um, what when you had split with ZCF, right? Zion Crime Factory, right? Finding out that he was really a crypto Jew mamzer. Well, well, when you split with him, I remember being on your chat server. You asked me to come on, and and there were five or six guys there that were kind of influential, and Andrew Anglin was one of them. And you would ask me to explain a few things, and I did. And Anglin shot his mouth off at me a few times, and I shut him down, asking me questions that I guess he thought I couldn't answer, and I shut him down. And and he knew Christian identity. He knew what I had to say. He just didn't want to hear it. Right. Well, his, getting into his family, I, I guess his daddy would be a um, like a Judeo-Christian... Uh, counselor type i guess you know runs a council office where he you know he gives family counsel as a judeo-christian so yeah it's it's a jewish occupation right yeah, <laughs> a absolutely. lot of christians do take it up judeo-christian counseling but it it's it, it's um sigmund freud for christians right basically that's the way i see it 
it, it's not real Christian counseling. No, absolutely not. But yeah, that's maybe that's where his bend is at, or or uh, maybe there's something in the wood pile, so to speak. I mean, who knows? Who knows what the uh, deal was? It could be, but he has he did totally reject Christian identity, and and I brought up what I did because I, I wanted to show that he was scoffing at it from the beginning. That was a couple of years before he started the Daily Stormer. Right when he had total fascism at the time, I believe. Right. Well, well, the statements that reveal that Mike Enoch is a Jew were made in a long interview on a program called the Rebel Shoah Fasci Struggle Session. And this was recorded on January 18th of 2017. And, and this is just a few days after Mike Enoch and his wife were doxxed. And, and like you said, and I believe, I'm persuaded that Enoch thought that his own Jewishness was doxxed as well as his wife's, right? Right. We we have a complete copy of this program at Christagenia and, and it's posted at our media sharing site. But but it's also available right at archive.org. And and I'd like to play about um fifteen minutes of this program, but which contains a couple, not all, but a couple of the statements that lead us to believe that Mike Enoch is indeed a Jew by his own confession. Now I found articles at Arian Skynet and, and Majority Rights websites that also conclude that Mike Enoch is a Jew based on the same evidence. Well, and let's put it into context what this audio file was right about the time he's getting doxxed. Uh, you remember even Mike Cernovich himself said that there's a guy parading around as a, as a white Nazi who has a Jew, or a fat white Nazi who has a Jewish wife. Right. And everybody read right between the lines once it came out. And the, the thing that doxed him was that he originally had his PayPal address, his email address for a PayPal account, um, was, was his real name. It was like Mike Pianovich at Gmail. And somebody pulled that off of Archive, the Wayback Machine, and looked at the code for the email address uh, PayPal button. And that's how he ended up getting doxxed. But, but in context, he's thinking at this time, oh, man, I'm, I'm doxxed as a Jew myself. My wife's very much openly Jewish and benign breath and a media consultant for AOL and NBC, supports all these transgender music groups. I mean, she's about as leftist and commie and openly Jewish. She's not even pretending to be a, a conservakike, you know. But um, so, yeah, that's where the context or the, uh, yeah, the context of this audio file is from. The... the um uh, okay. Uh, another thing that's important to note, and, and I'm going to note it here because you would you would mention the code to the original TRS website pages, the Right Stuff website pages, is that we've Andrew Arnheimer, who, who is the technical brain behind the Daily Stormer, is also the technical brain behind the Right Stuff. And Weave was what was um, working on security for the Right Stuff website to make sure it wasn't hacked or anything. And he secured the website, the Right Stuff website. For, for several years, he worked on that website, from what I understand, from 20, as early as 2012, all the way up through at least 2015. And, and, and some people tell me that he's still working on it in the background. And Weave must have read that code, right? 
uh, I mean, a PayPal code. He he must have known who Mike Enoch was. And, yeah, and Weeb himself is a Jew. So these people have been in collusion behind the scenes. They must have. They must have been. Yeah, I I, I can see that being completely clear. Eve came or uh, Weeb came in to to uh, you know get in on the Daily Stormer crew, and I was already in bed with Enoch from the get. You know, because I mean Enoch comes from an IT background too. He's just not known as you know a a white hat hacker, if you will. Well, well, right. Enoch was a JavaScript programmer, I believe, and and there is, and and I'm a programmer myself, and at, at least I was in the early '90s, and and um, I understand a lot about programming. But there is a big difference between a JavaScript developer and a Linux security expert, right? There's a huge, there's a gulf of difference there. You need a whole different set of skills to be a JavaScript programmer than you do to be a Linux security expert, which is what Weave basically is. Right. So, so it, it's a whole different skill set. So it makes sense that Enoch would need somebody like Weave to secure his website, to lock it down, especially when you have a paywall and, and you have um, credit card exchanges and things like that. You have to make sure that stuff's secure. Where we began with this tape that we're about to play, Enoch claims the media would make the right stuff crowd into laughing stock, speaking about the mainstream media. But in reality, the right stuff crowd is trying to make real nationalists look like laughing stocks. I don't know how the mainstream media really picks on the right stuff. I don't see that. In this tape, Enoch also picks on Jews, but the interview will also reveal that the, the right stuff folks struggle with what a Jew actually is. That they separate the idea of Zionist or religious Jews from actual racial Jews. And we're going to hear, hear that. Rebel Shoah, one of the right stuff hosts, one of the fashy struggle session hosts, is the guy that's interviewing Enoch. And, and he basically... Had, Yet, you know, reveals in his own statements that he doesn't know what a Jew is. And, and we'll discuss that after the recording. Enoch also talks about himself and people from his own small circle as quote-unquote leaders. When in reality, they're all just talking heads and none of them qualify to be real leaders. He also promotes traditional workers' party in this, Matthew Heimbach's organization. And he promotes Heimbach as a leader. So so this is going to be an interesting um, 16 minutes. And, and if you're ready, I'll, I'll just play it. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, let's start this. Embarrassed of what they what they want to be a part of it all. Look, the media is going to try to make us a laughing stock. They were always they've always done that, dude. They've yeah, they were it. always going to do with this. They've always done it. Look, we are suffering attacks in the media, and you know the the they did it to us during Hailgate. They did it to us with Hillary Clinton. Did it to us. Like, look, it's going to happen. Okay, um, what. You know, we just have to understand that it's going to happen and not like they're going to make fun of us. They're going to mock us. They're going to say, you know, L Lauren Feldman, right? Remember <laughs> Lauren Feldman, like you idiots, you, <laughs> you, and he even went, he went so far as you think you can beat the Jews. You can't beat the Jews, you stupid goyim. You yeah, know, and yeah, like, yeah, he, was, yeah. he was going full, full on with this stuff. And it's like, dude, like, 
that's their attitude. I mean, he kind of pulled off the mask. He pulled pulled off his, you know, white mask to reveal his white yarmulke or whatever it is. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he, you know, I don't know. He pulled off his, um, I can't think of another Jewish uh, piece of attire, but you get what I'm saying, right? <laughs> like, right he basically right. pulled off his mask to reveal his yarmulke and... It's uh, phylactery. That's, yeah. that's sort of what the media establishment thinks of us. And if they can, if they can, if they can hammer us on something, they're going to. And, and you shouldn't be embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed of being alt-right. Don't be embarrassed of being an ethno-nationalist. Don't be embarrassed of questioning Jewish power. Don't be embarrassed of opposing Jewish power. Um, because it's, it, you know, it, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, itself, like I could be, and I am a flawed person and I'm probably flawed as a leader. And I understand that, but it doesn't matter. Like in, in, in that sense, it, I don't matter, right? Like in that sense of your ideas and what, what ideas you want to defend, like I really don't matter very much. Okay. So uh, yeah, they want a mentor bond uh, for mutual aid so that they can achieve uh, these things so that they can even lift so that they can get the girlfriend, get the wife, uh, you know, have white children, right? And, and look, I suggest that people do that, and and that requires more than just me. Like, even if I were this this national leader, those manor buns, like this is a huge country, right? Right. Create that manor bund in your own region. Like, and and there are people that have stepped up to be leaders, regional leaders. Uh, there's you. There's Goy Orbison. There's Reactionary Tree. I mean, there's there's guys all over. There's the, there's, there's the there's Wooderson, Goy Orbison. You know, uh, reactionary tree, there's the Cascadia Goys. Like, there's people that have stepped up and they want, and, and they want to be that manor bun. They've created their, their manor buns in their own, in their own place. There's Demarcus. I mean, there's, we have created these, these organizations and that's gotta, that's, there's gotta be more people stepping up to be leaders than just me. I mean, uh, so yeah, I mean, and I encourage that and I know that that's what people want. And, and you're right that we gotta figure out a way to facilitate it. And, and if we don't, and there's guys that feel more comfortable in an organization like TWP than like really, I honestly think that they should go and join TWP. And that's not, and I'm saying that truth, truthfully, because they, they do have an organization there for you. And if you feel you'd be comfortable in that organization, I really think you should go there. Okay. So yeah, I mean, that sounds, that, that's, that's basically what I was hammering. Uh, that, that was, you got it. You know, a lot of the uh, southerners, a lot of my southern boys, it's like, uh, you know, if you didn't know this, uh, Protestants are usually cupped by Zionism, right? So the oh, Ashken- I'm aware. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, uh, the Ashkenazi blood isn't such a big deal. Uh, the urbanite lifestyle is what really like flipped their gourd, you know. Yes, with I understand. Them. I understand that, and I can't. Um, I can't really. Uh, I mean, what can I say, dude? Um, I know. I know you're you're urbanite. I, I, I'm from, like, I, I don't, and when anything I'm gonna say is gonna sound like an excuse. All I can say is I, I am not in favor of some of the materials that were found and, and I, I didn't know about them. And it's just, it's been a thing between, you know, between my wife and myself. And I know I'm not the only one who's struggled with, with a wife that has been, uh, you know, or, or a woman. I mean, part, this is part of, of, uh, a thing that, that's, that's generally part of the, the condition of the country right now is that this is a, this is a scene and this is a, a thing that women are, 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 you know, into and been, you know, kind of taught to be into. And, and, uh, it's without going into too much, too much, uh, personal. So this has been a point of contention between us and I, I wasn't aware of some of that material. And, um, 
you know, it's just really unfortunate that, that it came out like this. It's, it's being blown out of proportion in my opinion, but it's, it's certainly not something that I want to, uh, say that I support or make any excuses for. And that's really all I can say. Yeah. And, uh, well, part of the alt-right is the, uh, you know, manosphere and, uh, you know, showing, uh, you know, uh, young guys how they can go from, you know, zero to hero and approach women and be, uh, you know, masters, you know, of the dating game, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the uh, masculinists are going to get onto you for that, and um, I understand that. I get it. I don't. I mean, you know, there's only so many things that I can. <laughs> right. Right. No, I know I it's, it's here, and, and I, I get it. You got I it. Get it. Yeah, I get hey, it. Look, I, get get on my case about it. Mm. You know. Yeah, I I don't want to address any of those issues with your relationship because I it's not really any more of our business at this point. I think you've laid it bare. Yeah, I think that's any of our business. Uh, And it's not any more of our business. The, uh, one of the issues that was brought up is we've had people who've been removed from the forums because they were Jewish or partial Jewish ancestry who had renounced their ancestry in the past. I mean, that's something that's been brought up on the show before. And I mean, that's an obvious conflict. I mean, is that something that can be addressed? Um, you know, I didn't, I actually had never heard that before. Um, I think that in, in these, in, in cases like this, it's really like you've gotta, you gotta just, you know, I mean, there's, there's an absolute purist stance, which is like, they're simply not allowed, in which case I have to go. Um, and there's the, the stance that could look at this with like, okay, let's look at this as an individual case and see what the actual individual case is. Um, and are there people that are advocating for those people to be led back in or something like that? Or are they just saying that we're hypocrites because I'm allowed and those people weren't? Or, or what, what are they saying? Yeah, it's the hypocrisy issue, I think. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and I, I, I understand. I mean, what can I say? Again, one, I didn't know that this was the case. Two, I, I think that despite me being me, I think I, I, I am an edge case here. Um, and I think that I, I certainly... One thing that has been brought up is that there are, there are people that feel like there are people that are softening their stances or, or are not as committed to the idea that they seem to be committed to a week ago. And it's simply out of loyalty to me. And, and it's possible that that's happened. And I, I don't condone that. I don't condone anybody like saying, you know, like basically softening their position on the JQ just to make room for me. Yeah. Um, I, I don't condone, like, look, this is, a, it's a weird case. Um, uh, I'm here and we did what we did. And in some cases, I think that what I did, what I've done is kind of, it kind of speaks for me. So like, if you had a guy that came and said, Hey, you know, I'm partial Jewish or I have a, I have a, a wife or a girlfriend that's partially Jewish. And, um, oh, by the way, I also created a podcast that attracted a hundred thousand listeners a week that was you know promoting uh alt-right ideas and white nationalism and a hard stance on the jq you know then i'll be like okay all right you know i mean i would make an exception for that person given their accomplishments if it's somebody that has not done anything and simply wants acceptance i would say well you know you kind of have to earn it if 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 this is your case right yeah, well, that, that goes back to the two cultures, though. Like, uh, I'm friends on Facebook with all sorts of people that I probably wouldn't be friends in real life. And, you know, that's our Facebook inner circle culture. And then the the forum, the forum's a little bit more like the uh, the activist culture. I've noticed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, you know they want uh, you know uh, more purity on the activist level. They want to because they want more community. Like, and that's dude. I'm not against that. Like, if people think that I'm look, and I know there's been people that have because they see people attacking me, they attack back. And I'm just saying, one, there's a few possibilities if somebody is attacking me or somebody's criticizing me. One is that they are an earnest person with serious concerns, in which case you shouldn't be fighting with them. Okay. The other is that they are not a serious person. They are a concerned troll. They're either somebody that's actually legitimately what we were, what we were calling spurgs. And I'm not, I'm not using that label as a blanket term. There's, there's legitimately people that are spurgs that are not contributing anything that are simply spiralers. Okay. In which case you shouldn't be fighting with them. Or these are people that are interlopers trying to sow division, in which case you shouldn't be fighting with them. Right. So like there's no, you know, there's no kind of case if if it's somebody you know and it's somebody that's real and it's somebody that's that's that, that's proven that they've got that they're sincere. Like, don't fight with them. Listen to them. Yeah, and uh, I'm a you know I'm a I'm a, a Christian, a Dominionist. There's like there's all you know I'm very specific, and uh, yeah. the, the sort of uh, vision I have for you know just a small you know small communities that you know that I would like to be a part of. But right. on on Facebook, I'm friends with you know uh, homosexuals. I'm friends oh, with, yeah, oh That's God, be right. Dropped. I know. Can we isolate that? <laughs> with with queers, that. yeah. On Facebook, I'm friends with, dude, that's too good. I'm, yeah. sorry. I'm sorry, that is too fucking good. I'm sorry. But, you no, know, that's fine. That's... <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. Did, you Did you catch that? <laughs> it was too, the way you enunciated it was like, right, right, anyway, move ahead. I know, you're in the middle of a serious point. No, no, that's, right. that's all right. Well, it's also <laughs> like, um, you know, doc, Dr. Khan and, or, um, you know, uh, so. someone who's a HAPA, you know, or um, these people like, um, I'm a universal nationalist. It's like I want them to have their own identities so they, they don't want to be a part of mine so much. And yeah. And, yeah. You know, and I think that uh, you know, if we had you know, uh, white nations, you know, strong Western white nations again, I, I don't even think uh, you know, the the homo fascists won't want to live in my rural community. It would, you know, they would want to yeah. live somewhere and, else. And as far as as far as like, and what I've always said, and this is something that um, maybe there's some purists that disagree with me, but I don't really care. I mean, what I've always said is, look, on an individual <laughs> now, now there's 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 people that can be part of this thing. And there's people that you can be friends with, right? Mm. And I'm never, I've never told anybody they can't be friends with anybody. Now, on an individual level, you can be friends with just about anybody. And in fact, the idea that you couldn't be friends with somebody be, of another race or culture is, is kind of bad, right? Like, you wouldn't want to think that. Like, it's not so much that you can't be friends with them. It's that we need to have a separate nation. Because it's like, and if you have that, it's sort of like the analogy I use for that. It's sort of like, if you have a home... And you, your home has doors and, and windows, and you close those, and, and you, yeah, you open the door and people come through. But if you let people in, and, and you say you have a party in your house, and you let people in, and then there's the guest that doesn't leave. He stays on the couch. He continues to eat. You know, he eats everything out of the fridge. You know, he's a me- he's leaving a mess around. That's that's kind of like the analogy, right? So you, you want you want to have the open door and be friendly, but at some point the door closes, and now this is my house again. Um, you know, so that's kind of how I look at, at, at ethnic nationalism, right? Like, I'm not, I, I by no means promote any form of hate towards people of another race. Um, 
you know, I certainly don't, I don't condone it. I, I, I think, you know, we shouldn't hate these people. There are tendencies of certain races that are negative that negatively impact us, and we have to be allowed to talk about that, no matter what the politically correct society Sometimes says. frustratingly vent, sometimes frustratingly yes, vent about them in strong language. Vent about it, yeah. And look, but, and if you think that that doesn't happen to people talking about us, I mean, yeah. then, then you know you just you're just fucking delusional. If you think that there aren't aren't blacks out there talking about kill whitey and, and we hate all white people in in much more vitriolic language than we've ever used, uh, then you're just delusional. It's out there. It's 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 out there. So uh, yeah, like you know that that's basically my stance on that. Um, on, on in certain, but but in terms of who's going to be part of this movement, I, I would say yeah, like. You know, it's got to be white people, and, and really Jews should be excluded. And 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 if you're gonna let in a, a mixed a mixed Jewish person, then they really have to have have done something to earn that. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I think that in my case, I did. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, I mean, that's uh, I don't know. It's almost identitarian, like uh, like the Southern nationalists get a lot of uh, you know support from European nationalists because they like particular nationalism. And there's like several like open questions in the alt right. There's like the the pan Europeanism and the right. uh, yeah right. you know versus particular I mean, nationalism. I don't know that I'm going to be. I mean that's a that's a debate that's been around mm-hmm. since since before of, this class. Let's not do that tonight. Yeah, that's been a debate that's been around since before this particular controversy. You know, what I, like so I, I I don't really know that that's um right. I just brought it up because I'm a particular nationalist and I don't mind. You know, I support uh, other particular nationalists. Right? Mm-hmm. So I'm a, you know, crush the urbanite, you know, almost medieval dominionist sort of, uh, you know, Christian. So, yeah, I, but I support others. Uh, they're my allies in this movement. We're all fighting the same enemy. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, that's, and that's also what I think is I sort of think right now, um, right now we, we have a big, a big issue, which is we're trying to prevent our country from becoming Brazil, frankly. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's sort of my thing. Like, I, I'm right now I want to prevent the United States from becoming Brazil, and I want to prevent the Islamic invasion of Europe. I want to work towards raising awareness of these things and, and building the morale of people to fight against them. And, uh, you know, if it comes to the, if it comes the day when, when we win and somebody says, you know, Mike, uh, you can't really, you know, you're not, you can't live here because of your situation, then I'm like, all right, you know, well, um, Frankly, I think that the day that we finally win, well, I'll be long dead. But uh, if that happens, then so be it. And, and we could hash out sort of edge cases. Like there, and like if we were to say that there's the pure, the pure white. I mean, we all know that there's going to be edge cases on that, and there's going to be people that are on those edges that you that you would want to include or or not include. And character would have a lot to do with that. Um, Character and, and contributions and accomplishments would have a lot to do with that, but you know, obviously, there's limits. You can't you can't just be like you know. Then you're just back to multiculturalism and meritocracy, which you know we don't live in a meritocratic multicultural society. We live in a a, a anti meritocratic multicultural society. But um, yeah, you, you well, know, uh, we don't want to we don't want to be so open that we're like getting back to essentially multiculturalism. But on the edge cases, you know, you you can examine those individually. And if somebody says, look, I don't pass muster at the end of the day, you know, when the victory has been won, I'll be like, you know what, I'll, I'll find. I'll go live somewhere else and I'll just be happy that, that the United States and Europe are secure. Mm. Well, well, Mike Enoch should go live somewhere else. He should go live in Tel Aviv as far as I'm concerned. What a valiant kike. 
What a valiant kike. That's what he said. He, he admits to being an edge case. He's not talking about his wife. No, no. He's, he's saying he wouldn't make the cut. He'd have to leave anyway. I mean, he said it several times. Several times in several different is, ways. Yeah, I mean, how, and there's how many pro white people that are cucking to, to give this dude a, a, any kind of credibility? Absolutely. If they're giving Mike Enoch credibility, they are cucks trying to ride the wave of his popularity. That's all I mean, are. let's just let's look at a couple points here. We are at an eternal war with the kike. White Israelites are at war with the demon seed kike. And somehow We'll be fine with one claiming to be on our side. Now, let's look at the, the, the mentality behind this. This guy's basically a traitor to his side. and But he's going to be loyal to ours. He's going to be a leader to ours. His wife, who supports, you know, this, and I don't think he's, he claims he's been divorced, but he can't talk about it and all this. Yeah, BS. His wife, who, like I said, this isn't even a wife that worked at the ADL or, or the SPLC. She worked at Benai Brith, which created the ADL. I mean, you don't get the Benai Brith was here before the Fed Reserve, the FBI, the IRS, the ADL, right. the SPLC. You name it, the Benai Brith's been here. What seven hundred and fifty thousand kikes strong back in eighteen fifty-five? And the Benai Brith is the reason why we have all these other things, all these other alphabets. Right, that is like the the. the the head of the snake in this country, really. I mean, as far as an organization goes. And uh, why did yeah, he not he, say he from not the beginning? Is. From the beginning of this, of, of this, believe me, I wanted to play this whole tape. I could play this whole tape and take it apart piece by piece by piece, and and show any real white nationalist, or, or or at least any real Christian white nationalist, all the flaws in all the statements in this tape. And and they're at multiple dimensions. It, it's incredible. First, why did Enoch say that he was a flawed person? And, and speaking in a racial sense of these buns, right, that he did not matter very much. Why do you say that? Be, because he's part Jew? Or, or he's a Jew? But, but right. he, here's where the rebel, the rebel show a clown. I'm gonna call him a clown. He's a clown. He has fag friends on Facebook and he's supposed to be a white nationalist. <laughs> uh, he's a clown. <laughs> yeah, you know, you have to be consistent in your ideology in every walk of life or you're just kidding yourself. Yeah, especially in a uh, quote unquote leadership role, you have to have a hard Stance. That's yes, no, right, wrong. That's it. You can't go talking about um, the evils of homosexuality all week or the importance of having white children. And then on Friday night you go to the bar and you're dancing with fags. That that doesn't make any sense. Mm-mm-mm. So he has faggot friends on Facebook. You know, every time I get a friend request on Facebook, it may not be perfect, but every time I get a friend request, I go down that person's friends list. I go down that person's um, timeline. I look at everything they post. I look at who's commenting on those posts. And if I see one mud, if I see one non-white or one faggot, I'm not accepting that person's friend request. I'm just going to delete the friend request. I'm never accepting it. 
That that's why I I have three thousand downloads every podcast, but I only have three hundred or four hundred Facebook friends. I'm not. I had to laugh in one, in one sentence, Bill. He's I'm fr- I'm friends with fags, and a couple sentences later, I'm a universal nationalist. Yeah, what the hell is that? <laughs> oh, how are you a universal nationalist, right? <laughs> You're going to, uh, I, I mean, I, I could see what he's under, like he wants the Chinese to have China, right? Well, do you think the Chinese are going to be happy with China? No. Of course not. That There's always going to be a clash at some point between the two civilizations. That the original, the, the original recording, just after an hour, and and I'll make the original recording available on this when, when I post this podcast at Christagenia. I'll post links to the original recording. They're already on my media sharing site. Just after an hour and sixteen minutes, that's where this clip that we played began. Rebel Shoah makes an inference that as long as Jews are not Zionists, and perhaps if they are not urbanites. They should be fully acceptable to his awakened southerners. That's what he infers, or implies, I should say. In in the minutes leading up to this statement, Enoch is promoting the traditional worker party, and, and Rebel Shoah is, in, is agreeing with him. And we'll talk about TWP and Matt Heimbach a little later this evening. And, and then Rebel Shoah says something which reveals to me, that he himself is actually accepting of Jews, as long as they're not urbanites. He said, you know, a lot of the southerners, a lot of my southern boys, it's like, uh, you know, if you didn't know this, the Protestants are usually cucked by Zionism, right? And and Enoch agrees, of course, and, and laughs, and then he says... The Ashkenazi blood isn't such a big deal. And he says the urbanite lifestyle is what really, like, flipped their gourd, you know. So so to Rebel Shoah, Ashkenazi blood doesn't really matter. As long as you're not an urbanite. Get the hell out of here. What the hell is that? <laughs> right. How how yes. can you help being... You were raised in a, in, in a city, right? How can you help that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's um, th- that just goes to show that there there is more of like a civic nationalism type of view. Yeah, right. That's a civic nationalism view that they that they reject the urbanite lifestyle. But it's okay if you're a country kike, I, I gather. <laughs> what the hell? Right. Now, now at one eighteen and about thirty nine seconds, an hour and eighteen minutes and about thirty nine seconds of the original recording, Rufus Musonius Rufus made this statement about the forum, and and he was not talking about Enoch's wife. If we go back and listen again, Rufus was not talking about Enoch's wife. He said that he did not want to talk about Enoch's relationship, meaning his relationship with his wife. Rather, Rufus talked about people with Jewish ancestry. And this is when Enoch talked about himself as in being an edge case, which means that he's mixed to a degree. And and he said that... that um, that they should not soften their position on the Jewish question, 
quote-unquote, just to make room for me. That's what he said. And, and Rufus had originally asked, we've had people, and, and this was not talking about his relationship with his wife. He made that clear before he asked this. And then he said, we've had people who've been removed from the forums because they were Jewish or had partial Jewish ancestry, who had renounced their ancestry in the past. That's an obvious conflict. Is that something that can be addressed? And and that's when Mike Enoch said, um, I think that in, in these cases, in cases like this, there's an absolute purist stance. In, in other words, he's really saying that he doesn't really agree with that purist stance. There's an absolute purist stance, which is like they're simply not allowed, in which case I have to go. When Rufus said that, he said he was not talking about his relationship with his wife. That's what he said. And Mike Enoch answered concerning himself, not concerning his wife. He didn't make that statement regarding his wife. Not at all. So Enoch speaks of softening the position on the JQ, on the Jewish question, just to make room for me. But he does not say that in reference to his wife. He's saying that in reference to himself. Then he insists on making room for Jews or people married to Jews who take a hard stance on the Jewish question. So Jews can evidently make themselves good by simply bitching about Jews. And and in that case, we'd have to accept Nathaniel Kapner if we accept Mike Enoch. Right. Well, his whole argument is that basically... A- it's a meritocracy for Jews to be uh, accepted in the envelope of a, of a white movement. To earn their way into the white movement. Yeah, the only way they can earn that in is if they're six feet under. <laughs> yeah, right, to jump into the ovens. Right. <laughs> a, a little later, the same, and a, a little later, Enoch said, but in terms of who's going to be part of this movement, I would like say, yeah, like, you know, it's got to be white people, and really Jews should be excluded. And if you were going to let in a mixed Jewish person, they really have to have something to earn that. And I think in my case, I did. That's exactly what Enoch said. Yeah, I just wouldn't see that ever. Here's... That clown over there at Daily Stormer, Asmador, uh, you know, Asmador there, he, um, he made a very defensive statement in defense of Enoch that, uh, anybody could take what he says out of context. And if you, you can make any one of us in any podcast we've done, you or I or, or him or anybody else, and take words that would make it sound like we've admitted to ourselves being Jewish. I, I don't know. I've never heard anything out of any of the podcasts you've done or myself where you could take, even out of context, and somehow imply that we're a self-admitted Jew. Right. And this is the thing. There's no out of context there. That is uh, – in. Uh, it is in the context. It is right, the it's context. In context. <laughs> it's, it's him saying over. So Asmador is, is, looks like a damn clown. Asmador evidently is a clown. Right. 
the the acceptance of, of fags by by, by the TR, by Rebel Showa by these TRS hosts, and, and the insistence by Enoch that a white nationalist can have non-white friends, that proves to me that these men are clowns. They're not leaders. Mm-hmm. How, how could you go to uh, all right? I'm in a League of the South. I'm a League of the South member. We do demonstrations and things and activism in the streets, and, and that's all great. How could you go, and, and League of the South is about blood and soil nationalism, and, and how could you go to those demonstrations and, and then hobnob with niggers from Monday through Friday? How could you do that? Aren't you in conflict with yourself? Aren't you denying yourself? Uh, aren't you working against yourself six days a week? What when you're what, when you're out there on a street beating the drum for pro-white blood and soil nationalism on on Saturday, and 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 you're you're going to suck up the niggers from Sunday through Friday? I, I don't get that. How does that work? That these people don't have an, any um, insistence on a consistency. And, and and a practicing of your profession that they, they, they don't that these people have no ground no foundation at all and, and let's be clear here too Bill we're not talking about you having to go to work or you having to go shop and you, you can't get away from these people on a 100% level but like you said you're sitting there breaking bread with them you're enjoying your off time with them you're somehow letting them in the fold like they said oh it would be like inviting me in my house to have a party and enjoy i don't want none of these people i have, I, I don't even like going to a restaurant if i see one sitting there i don't even want to pay to eat there you know so this well, idea yeah that they, right I, I mean you go to walmart you, you need you need to feed your five kids six kids what is seven kids now <laughs> how many is it you need to feed your tribe let me say that so you go to Walmart, and and the only open register is there's a nigger at the register. So so you need the eggs and the milk. So you buy the eggs and the milk, and you leave. You, you make a transaction with the nigger that you have to make to feed your kids, and you go. And and that's fine. You're not going out at, after shopping with, with drinks for the nigger. You're not bringing the nigger home to to help eat your lunch. I mean, there's a difference. You can't have that that cashier is a friend. You just want to do your business attraction and uh, your business transaction and move on. And and yeah. we, we're confronted with that every day, that just to get through life, we have to do business with this Jew or that nigger or whatever, but we're, we're, we're moving on. We're not making friends with these people. We're not swapping spit with them in the shower but we're just not we would rather do without them but the oppressive government we live under forces us to do business with them or, or, or to do what we have to do to get by and, and we move on we don't make them our friends never no no you don't you don't include them in the fold no matter how much merit someone might think they have I mean that's uh <laughs> you don't need them. You know, that's like the argument they say, um, you get these people out there that, that, that love Negroes so much and they go, well, what would you do if it was a, if it was only a Negro that could save your life? I'm like, you show me the one Negro doctor that might partake in saving my life and I can show you a thousand white ones that could do the same thing. We don't need that Negro doctor here. Right. <laughs> right. Absolutely not. 
So, yeah, there's no excuse at all for their <laughs> leniency other than um, including themselves into the fold. Because that's what they're really talking about here. They're not talking about externally getting people into the fold. They're talking internally there. And you got a lot of these newcomers on, on that are – get these big YouTube channels, these Warski guys and, and so on and so forth. Uh, Baked Alaska. And uh, these guys are – all of a sudden just coming out of the woodwork and got these big YouTube channels and all this fame and just like Enoch and Daily Stormer and it's like where, where are all these guys coming from and they all have the same uh, the same game plan well, well right and and I, I'd like to get into a little talk on leadership but, but Rebel Showa here in this segment had taken credit for having quote unquote created a movement did they really create a movement but because the white nationalist movement began in in the modern era with the America First Committee during the Second World War and before the Second World War and and that blossomed into the Christian nationalist movement and and the white nationalist movement was absolutely Christian until um David Duke and Don Black kind of broke it off in broke a piece off in into a secular non Christian white nationalist movement and back in the seventies and eighties and and tried to separate themselves from those Christian people and make a secular sort of white nationalism that would be a, a bigger tent, right? Now you could have fags and, and, and other immoral people because you didn't have to be Christian anymore. And, and, and it went from being Christian patriots in the 50s, 60s, 70s to secular white nationalists in the 90s and, and in, in the 2000s. And, now you don't even really have to be white. I mean, you you could just be a pro-white Jew, and and you could squeeze right in, right? Well, well, Rebel Showa takes credit for having created a movement. In reality, the right stuff. They only became a distraction, which sucked young people into a rabbit hole to misdirect them from a movement that already existed for decades. He didn't create a movement. He only created a rabbit hole. And and then he professes to be a Southern nationalist while he loves fags and befriends non-whites on Facebook. I I want to talk for a couple of minutes on, on, on... I don't know if you want to respond to that first. I want to talk for a couple of minutes about real leaders and, and opposed to these media-created leaders. And I'm going to use Matt Heimbach as an example. <laughs> Matt Heimbach it is a kid in college. He he may not have even had his dick wet yet. And and yeah, I'm gonna say it like that. He he ha, he wasn't a man. He he was a, a a a young, an old adolescent, a young man. However you want to describe him, he he never worked a day in his life hardly. I I mean he may have had some childhood experiences, but he was a kid in college who made a racist speech. And I don't care. How many experiences you've had, you don't have what it takes to be a leader of men at age 20, age 21. You, you don't know half of what you think you know at that age. And, and we've all been 20 and, and thought we knew everything. We've all been there. We've all done that. 
And, and by the time we're 30, if we're really smart, we realize that we were just plain stupid at 20. And, and Heimbach made one racist speech in college, which got him a lot of media attention. And David Duke did an interview with him and basically rubber stamped him. The media paid him a lot of attention and all of a sudden he's a leader. And he, he goes out and decides to form his own party, the traditional workers party. And a lot of people just file in line behind him and join his party. Now, I could understand organizations like the League of the South latching on to Matthew Heimbach because he had the ability to put a lot of feet in the street, so to speak, right? To get people to actually show up at demonstrations and things like that. And and he should get some credit for that. And and he's, um... I, I don't know if he's really eloquent or, or loquacious. He, he, he has the ability to deliver a decent speech. But his, the material in his speeches is nothing that we haven't been saying in Christian identity and in the Christian patriot movement for, for 50 years. But besides the point, he was willing to take it, take his ideas to the street and, and he was able to put a lot of feet there to get a lot of people to join him, 50, 60, 100 people, whatever. And, and that's fine. And he should get some credit for that. But he's not a leader. He's not a leader simply because the reason why he was able to gather all those people and get them motivated to get out is because the media gave him a lot of attention and David Duke rubber stamped him. It's not because he had actually developed his idea and and worked to get people behind his idea over decades, which is usually what it takes these people that joined with Matthew Heimbach, most of them already felt like he did. They were just looking for a, a movement or something to join to express it. There's a real difference between real leaders and media-created leaders like Heimbach. Real leaders, that they work to promote their cause over decades and and it takes decades for a man to develop the character and to demonstrate the moral fortitude that it really takes to become a leader it takes decades Andrew Jackson was president in the 1830s but he was fighting Indians and, and generaling troops in the 1810s George Washington became president in the 1790s he was fighting the Indians and, and he was uh, leading troops and fighting the Indians often, often in the jungles in the forests of, of, of um, the expanding American nation and, and colonies in the 1750s he was fighting those Indians I mean he developed leadership skills over 40 years to become president and and that's how a real leader is developed, and that's why most real leaders are, are in their 50s, 60s, and, and even older sometimes. You, you don't become a real leader just out of college. 
It, it doesn't happen. You haven't demonstrated your reliability to your people. And that's what happened with Matthew Heimbach. He became a quote-unquote leader without having demonstrated his reliability to his people. He was propped up by the media and by David Duke. He was propped up and, and he being an opportunist used David Duke's rubber stamp so that he could found, found his little group, the traditional workers party, and get, attract people to it because now he had legitimacy in the eyes of people that were already really in the movement. So these media controlled leaders, now, I'm sorry, these media-created leaders, these Christopher Cantwells and Matthew Heimbachs and Mike Enochs and, and these type of people, they've never demonstrated that they are real leaders, that they could really organize and deploy and, and um, successfully execute any real operation in, in, in the streets. They've never done this. Where, on the other hand, you have plenty of people in this movement, and I'm going to use Michael Hill as an example. He, he formulated and, and directed his League of the South over 20 years, and, and they started out as civic nationalists and developed into being real blood and soil nationalists. And he's maintained and organized his group for a long time. That, that 20 years is what it takes to become to, to learn the ropes and to become a real leader, you have to have 20, 30 years in a street of experience while at the same time you are um, living an exemplary life and, and demonstrating sound character and good morals to your prospective followers. It takes a long time to become a real leader. You're not going to become a real leader just running your mouth on the internet or, or, or giving a speech in college. Right. Matthew Heimbach becomes this internet sensation and this white nationalist sensation in a very short period of time. And two years later, he's putting his dick in his mother-in-law. In his stepmother-in-law, I'm sorry, who's also his best friend's wife, because his, his he's married to Matt Parrott's daughter, and he's having an affair with Matt Parrott's wife, second wife, who's his wife's stepmother. Uh, I, this is crazy on so many levels that people just got behind this kid because he did a college speech and he becomes this great white nationalist leader and and he goes straight down the the, the drain of the trail <laughs> the, the the sewerage drain of the trailer he's living in it it's incredible yeah it's like we we're saying before i mean you can't get any more cliche than what he's done you can. He's discredited um, white nationalism for, for in, in, in the eyes of, of a great deal of the public for I don't know how long because the media is having a field day with this. Right. But he should have never been at that point he was in in the first place as far as I'm concerned. You're, you're not a leader because you give a good speech in college. And, 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 
it, if David Duke, David Duke's been around this movement so long that if he rubber stamps you, you could take that rubber stamp and that gives you street credibility and do a lot of things with it. That's what Matthew Heimbach did. He took that stamp of approval from Duke and, and played it into, parlayed it into a whole traditional workers party. That, that's the way I see it. And, and that gave him credibility. He was able to put all those feet in, in the street because of that credibility and because of the media attention he got. But he's a media-created leader. He's not a real leader. Yeah, it wasn't organic for sure. So I, I, that this, that this Mike Enoch is basically doing the same thing. He's taking listeners that have clung to him and, and ran their mouths on his radio on, on his radio programs, on his podcasts, and he's putting his rubber stamp on them as regional leaders of this new alt-right movement that he's trying to create. He's, that these people aren't tested either. And, and they obviously have no morals if they're allowing fags on their Facebook friends. If they're boasting about faggots being their Facebook friends. That they don't have the fortitude it takes to be a, a, a real leader. Yeah, I don't know about you, but yeah. Well, I know about you too. <laughs> we have no faggots on our list, that's for sure. Well, well, right. You're not a leader simply because you could talk well or willing to do a podcast. That doesn't make you a leader. You're not a leader even if you have good ideas. If you have no track record of being able to organize and execute those ideas in the real world, and if you have not done all of the field work necessary to develop the character that real leadership requires... And here Enoch gave a short list of anonymous internet names and described them as people stepping up to be leaders. People who have never actually done anything but run their mouths on a couple of podcasts. People who have not proven themselves in the culture wars in any way other than doing a podcast or maybe maybe attending a Trump rally. So, so this we have to learn to distinguish between real leaders and and these fake ass talking heads that are setting themselves up to be leaders. Enoch is he a real leader? He lied to his listener. He Mike Enoch lied to his listeners. He withheld vital information about his own wife from his followers. Even if Enoch himself really isn't a Jew. Besides all those admissions, he really should be treated like one. He's a fraud. He's a liar. How could he ever be trusted? How would you put your life in his hands by attending a rally and and being opposed by the Antifa in, in Mike Enoch's hands? How could you do that on behalf of a liar and a fraud? And even if Mike Enoch really isn't a Jew somehow... He still worked awfully hard to be a leader while he sought to hide his own identity, hide the identity of his Jewish wife, hide the Jewishness of his wife, hide his multiracial family, hide his series of jobs at liberal New York City publishing companies. How, how could that this guy's whole life has been the, the antithesis to white nationalism? Right. 
Right. I mean, he he was uh, deceiving people from the get go on so many levels. Uh, aside from him being Jewish, there's there's enough case there for him to his name should have been Mud. You know. Absolutely. He's lied about everything. But the admissions he made about blood and Jewishness were all made in regard to himself and not to his wife. Right. Yeah, in that program, in, in that snippet we listened to, he made a reference to a guy with a wife or girlfriend, which is possibly Jewish. But all the other statements he made were in reference to himself. And he explicitly referred to himself as a mixed Jewish person. I, I find it very difficult to believe that he was not talking about himself. Well, no, he clearly identified himself. He said, well, I would have to go. Not my wife. I would have I to would go. I would have or, to go. Right. Right. And he made and, Oh, if somebody was... Even at the tail end there, you, if, you know, we won the battle and blah, 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 and if somebody goes, you know, on a purity stance, I can't stay, well, that's good. I, I'm glad that I, as a kike, can um, go live somewhere else and happy that Europe and America saved. Yeah, right. And I want to mention a few things that were written to me by a Christagenia Forum member. And this member, he seems like a good guy, right? He goes by the name of Otto. And Otto appeared on the Godcast to defend Christian identity. Now, some of the other Forum members said he did a good job. But he's relatively new to CI. And they said he did a good job in spite of that. Otto thinks that I would have done much better. Of course I would have. I'm sorry, Otto. I would have. But even if the God God cast clowns invited me, I don't think I would give them the time of day. I, I really wouldn't. I'd tell them to fuck off. But Otto remains a follower of the right stuff. And and he sent me a private message um, a few days ago on a Christiania forum after he saw Mike Enoch in Chicago. And he doesn't think Enoch's a Jew. And he said, I asked him about his wife and why he made the statements in that Rebel Shoah program that, that made it sound like he was admitting to being a Jew. He said that he is unable and unwilling to publicly discuss his ex-wife since he doesn't want her getting hounded by the media. And he signed something barring him from discussing her in their divorce agreement. He told me that she was half Jewish on her father's side. Her mother was white and some sect of mainstream Christian. Her father left the mother when she was something like three years old, and she didn't have much connection to her Jewishness. He said that they were already having marital trouble when he was doxxed, and they were not living together. Now, this is important. He did not approve of some of the things that she did and was involved with, but he said that the claims that she had something to do with the B'nai B'rith, or that she was a diversity officer at a corporation were entirely false. Now, he, he he said that immediately following his doxing, that they were trying to see if they could reconcile. And that is why he said, then I'd have to go, in that he would be married to a part Jew. Now, I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. You don't, no. you don't fight a war and win a nation and then just surrender yourself over to leave that nation that you won on behalf of your wife to stay with her 
and move somewhere else to some shithole country, right? Uh, I mean, come on, the scenario's ridiculous. I don't believe this. Because the statement was only made a couple of days after the doxing, and the statements were clearly made in reference to himself, not in reference to his wife. And Otto, confi- Otto continues, and, and he makes one more statement, well, where Enoch defends himself. And, and Otto says, the part where Enoch said, even around other Jews, he says that was just strange phrasing on his part, and doesn't mean he's a Jew. In fact, he pointed out that in the same program, he also says something to the effect of around other blacks, too, and he's not black either. Now, I listened to the program, and I didn't pick up that part, but maybe I should listen again to see if it's really there, right? Right. But this is in reference to a portion that we didn't play tonight. A later statement, later than the, the segment that we played, a later statement Enoch said, you know, I use the word Jude in that kind of context basically my whole life. In other words, long before he was married, okay? And even amongst other Jews, I use the word Jew that way. Well, if he used the word Jew that way amongst other Jews his whole life, he wasn't married the day he was born. It doesn't make sense. The excuse doesn't add up that he was referring to his wife when he said amongst other Jews. It just doesn't make sense. Amongst other as in himself being a Jew, again. Yeah, right. His whole life he used the word Jude in that context, even amongst other Jews. He wasn't talking about his wife in there. She had nothing to do with that statement. And and maybe it could be overlooked, but it 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 actually compounds Enoch's other statements. They were made in reference to himself. And it's difficult for me to just dismiss that, that, that that's just strange wording, well, in such an offhand way. You would only say around other Jews or amongst other Jews if you're a Jew. Right. I, I don't think you're ever going to blurt out, like, I even talk that way amongst other niggers. Because you're not a <laughs> nigger. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> Or other fags, or, yeah, any of that. <laughs> so, Otto, I mean, he seems like an authentic guy. He, he seems like he, he, he asserts that he's not a fanboy, or, or he, he doesn't have a cult personality. And, and that's fine, I believe him, but I think he's just fooled by Enoch. He, he's not really examining the, this defense to see how shoddy it is in comparing it with the actual statements that Enoch made. So, yeah, so, well, the the thing with these guys are, Bill, is they're they're very good at convincing people. You know, they're they're silver tongues. They're very per, uh, well versed at convincing people this kind of stuff. So, well, absolutely, I agree. And and Otto may not think it's true, but I'm highly skeptical. I do not accept those excuses. And they don't even cover all of his statements. If Enoch was really talking about his wife in the recordings we heard. How is he already divorced from her? If he if he was already divorced from her or alienated from her when he did this rebel Shoah, then he must have been talking about himself. Right. And why, if he was 
authentically a white nationalist by this time and separated from his wife, why would he be trying to reconcile with her? Yeah, that's... um, That makes no sense at all. Well, like I said, I, I, I'm in the same boat with you with this, Bill. I don't believe anything this guy says. He's probably still married with her. Uh, you know, they're probably still getting a, a paycheck cut out of the benign breath. Who knows? Well, from what I understand, people have been looking for the divorce records and, and online. I guess New York posts their records online. I don't know. And and they can't find them. I, I know people that have been actively searching for these divorce records and can't find them. Right. So it's possible that he's not really divorced from his wife after all. Mm-mm. Yeah, I, I doubt it. I really do. Well, well, let's lay Mike Enoch aside. But as far as I'm concerned, the, those 15 minutes, Mike Enoch, in several different ways, admitted to being a Jew. And until I hear a, a better explanation, which I don't think I'm going to hear, I'm going to agree with Mike Enoch that he's a Jew. Because he admitted it like three or four different times. He's an edge case. Not my wife's an edge case, and I'm loyal to my wife, and I'm going to stay married to her. But, which is bad enough, because she's a Jew, and he admits that. But that's not what he's saying. He's saying that he is an edge case. He, yeah, you know, he grew up in Maplewood, New Jersey, and, and that's basically a heavily Jewish community in New Jersey. There's only 23,000 people in several synagogues in Maplewood. So how many of those 23,000 people are Jews? Right. And, and there's that, that whole section of Essex County, New Jersey is, is heavily Jewish. And, and I know I've been there. I'm also from New Jersey, but I'm from, I'm not from upper middle class Maplewood, New Jersey. I'm from poor working class Jersey City, right? That, that's. <laughs> the, um, it, it's, uh, uh, I have to start watching this. It seems that the Daily Stormer crew is really attacking Hunter Wallace. Hunter Wallace is Occidental Descent. He's, um, he's a League of the South member. He is, I've met Hunter Wallace, he is absolutely legitimate. You may not agree with him, he's not Christian identity, and he has sort of a um, big tent white nationalism approach. He's a blood and soil southern nationalist, right? But but he'll accept southern nationalists from all walks of life and all religious creeds. It really doesn't matter to him or even non-religious creeds, atheists, pagans, it it really doesn't matter to Hunter, and that's fine, that's his approach, his approach is political, he's not bringing these people home, and, and, and that's fine, and he he's a real white man, and, and authentic, and, and married with children, unlike um, Mike Enoch, who I don't believe has children, and maybe that's a good thing because there aren't more Jews in the world. And and um, <laughs> Andrew Anglin, who who if he ever has children, it'll probably be a Filipina squat monster. And weave and and all these ingrates in in the alt right that that are, are really um, 
sexually immoral and depraved and probably may never have children. Well, well, the Daily Stormer has been attacking Hunter Wallace and, and really trying to be to discredit him in social media. And Wallace is calling out Weave and Anglin and, and Ricky Vaughn and the whole Stormer crowd. The, the Stormer crowd, they seem to be enemies of anyone who upholds Christian values and real blood and soil nationalism. Not just Hunter Wallace, but others also, and, and especially identity Christians. Now, I haven't had time yet to sort it all out, but it seems to me that the pipe dreams of alt-right unity seem to be over once and for all. There's never going to be any alt-right unity, which kind of makes me happy because Christians shouldn't partner with these homo-loving compromisers in the first place. But I, I just think it's that the Daily Stormer and, and, and that crowd are really um, showing their true colors by attacking somebody like Hunter Wallace. I, I don't know if you're aware of any, any other behavior like that that they've exhibited or, or if you even want to comment on that. Yeah, I mean, they make it pretty clear when something is, uh, quote-unquote, bad optics for them. They toss somebody under the bridge pretty quick. Now, the right stuff and, and the Daily Stormer have one thing in common, and that's Weave. Andrew Arenheimer. And it's rather... I, I, I don't even really have to document this. It's so um, prolific on the Internet. And, and it's rather public knowledge that Weave <coughs> is the um, technical brain behind the Daily Stormer, but he also did a lot of work for the right stuff on 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 the TRS website. When Weave first got in trouble a few years ago with the feds, he he wrote. And this is available at archive.org. And these are Weave's words. Any attempt to brand me as anti-Semite, and anti-Semite is idiotic. I have no problem with any person solely because of their Semitic descent. Take a look at my last name, Arenheimer. Think about the likely origins of this name for a second. Even a quick Google reveals its origins. The most famous Arnheimer of history was a journalist and author, Raoul Arnheimer, who had his his way bought from the fires of Dashaw by his uncle, Theodore Herzl himself. Come on, I have curly hair and brown eyes here. The claim many journalists are making that I am some sort of Nazi is preposterous. But I suppose you have to resort to ad hominem when the public overwhelmingly supported me on the basis of the facts of the case. Now, when we put that together with a um, an interview that Weave's mother did for Newsweek magazine, where she had said that Weave comes from a, speaking of her own family, from a mixed-race family with Jewish ancestry on both sides hers and her husband's. There should be no doubt that Weave is a Jew, and his full name is Andrew Allen Escher, 
Escher is definitely Jewish, Arnheimer, and even Wikipedia lists him in the category of American people of Jewish descent. With a middle name like Escher and a last name like Arnheimer, his Jewishness should not even be contested, and where Weave himself spoke of Semitic descent, from his viewpoint he's clearly referring to Jews. That is what he is. So Weave works with the Right Stuff people to secure their website, and he's the brains behind the Daily Stormer website. I don't know if you have any comments on that, but this whole um, movement of of the Daily Stormer and and the Right Stuff certainly seems to be 100% kosher to me. Did I lose you? Okay, can you hear me now? Yes. All right, sorry about this. Jack was pulled. Yeah, they uh, they certainly support each other and back each other to the end. I mean, there is no splitting those two groups up. <laughs> so, they, and they, they're both very clear, openly pro-Jewish on some degree. I mean, as much as they might scream about Jews, uh, you know, and excuse me for purity spiraling, but uh, yeah. It's not only that they that they support and back each other up. They both push the same bullshit. That they both the Daily Stormer and the Right Stuff both push white Sharia. They right. both push hatred for boomers. That the that the entire idea of of driving wedges between generations is a Jewish idea. I mean, it started in, in mainstream American culture in the 1950s. Well, when the Jewish media started to teach children that their parents didn't know anything. That, that was a, a, a major aspect of the culture wars in the 1950s, 1960s, 1970s, to turn children against their parents. And and now the right stuff and and the Daily Stormer are doing it. They're they're following the same playbook, the same Jewish playbook, by turning millennials against boomers, right? And and by um, disparaging boomers and mass in general. They're they're just if you're a boomer, if you're a certain age, you're no good. Didn't you ask me how old Hunter Wallace was before? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, well that's wh- why I figured he was in the boomer category to them, you know. Well, well, right, but a boomer isn't 35 is young, right? Uh, I mean, Hunter Wallace is pro- is definitely not a boomer. He he's a Gen Xer, I'm I'm certain. He he's not anywhere as old enough to be a boomer. And and I don't even think I'm a boomer, and I'm 57. The the real boomers were the people born between like 1945 and 1955. In in well, my they opinion, this, they have this clear 30-something crowd going on over there, and they only really are appealing to people their age and younger. So anybody older in that 30-something crowd starts hitting to their eyes the boomer. Era, which is yeah, it's way out of bounds from what a boomer actually is. But uh, again, if, if you're not subject to uh, worshiping them and their their Jewish compromising ways, then yeah, you're just a boomer. 
your uh, your white nationalist 1.0, which is another term they like to use to basically say we're discontinued because we didn't get anywhere, and now that they brought in all their big Jewish money and and sites and their games and optics and stuff, now we somehow are uh, got to worship them for somehow helping us. I don't know what the heck they've actually done, but none of them have really done anything, right? What what did they do? Did they get Trump elected? Did that help us? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That they yeah, made frog memes and they got Trump elected. Did that help? Even if they they didn't really get Trump elected. But even if we do give them credit for getting Trump elected, does that help us? Did that right. help us? Or were they just fooled just like our generation was fooled by Reagan? Mm-hmm. Because I know from experience that my generation, I, I was um, 20 years old. Well, the first president I voted for was Ronald Reagan. And he ran in 1980. I was 19 years old when I voted for him. And we thought that was a revolution back then. We thought that was the greatest thing since, well, well, now Donald Trump is the Reagan of this era, runs as a conservative, governs as a wishy-washy, half-baked, kind of mainstream, um, moderate. And, and that's what Reagan did. He, he pushed the entire globalist agenda, advertised it as conservative, and sold us all out to China. Trump is doing the same thing in other areas. He's no different. It's the Jewish agenda. Reagan pushed the Jewish agenda of his time, and Trump is really pushing the Jewish agenda of our time. So, uh, I mean, how are these millennials any better off than we were, than, than my generation was in 1980? None. Zero. Right. Zero. Except that I've learned from my experience in 1980 that we don't have a political solution at all and shouldn't give a fuck who they elect as president. We shouldn't care. We shouldn't get involved at that level. We shouldn't be pouring our energy into that direction. But I'll tell you what the boomers have. Most of the boomers that have been involved in in, in white nationalism since the 80s have what it takes to figure out that Weave is a Jew, Mike Enoch's a Jew, Andrew Anglin, if he's not a Jew, he's a shill. Rebel Show is a clown because he doesn't even realize how bad Ashkenazi blood is. And to hell with the urbanite lifestyle. It's the blood that matters, not the lifestyle. That these, what we have what it takes to figure these clowns out and they don't want to be exposed so they teach their that their young followers to hate boomers so that they can cobble their audience to themselves and make themselves safe in their little fiefdoms living a a comfortable lifestyle on the backs of these stupid ass pimply faced kids that send them daddy's money that's basically what's going on Yeah, that's exactly what's going on with these guys. That this um whole Mike Enoch crowd that they they what do they do? They they sit and and um 
make jokes about society all day. I, 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 I haven't listened to enough of their podcasts because I, I'm sickened by what I do listen to on, on the right stuff. That these men don't have a clue. I honestly, I am blatantly honest, I don't think I've ever listened to a whole podcast of theirs in maybe less than five sections of different podcasts of theirs. I just... I don't know I did the podcasting years ago. You know we're, what you're doing is you're teaching people stuff, you know, and in, in, in biblical lessons and such. But what they're doing is entertainment, it's just Jewish entertainment, and it's just over and over and over. And I, yeah, I went through that phase myself where I was doing podcasts and stuff like that about news, and but um, that's all they do, and they just inundate people with this circle jerking podcast. Entertainment stuff like you know, the Jews are the kings of entertainment when it comes to that. Absolutely, and and that's all they are: are empty talking heads with no real substance, no real fortitude, no real um, and adequate experience. That what what are, can you be a leader because you could be witty about the news, pick on a few Jews, and tell jokes? Does that make you a leader? Because you could give a, 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 a speech that might seem inspiring for about 10 minutes, but is really the same type of speech that Christian patriots have been given for 50 years. It, it's not, nothing they have to say is new. Matthew Heimbach gave a speech at, um, a League of the South conference last year, a state, the Florida State League of the South conference. He gave a speech, and it was okay. The name, the title of the speech was "Reform is Not Possible." And I spoke to Heimbach after the speech, and I told him, you know, the speech was good, and and your delivery was good, but the content of that speech is nothing that we haven't been saying in Christian identity for fifty years. We've been saying right. the same thing in Christian identity for fifty years. I I told him I appreciate your taking it to the street, but we've been saying this stuff for decades, and and in other words, I was letting him know that intellectually he really didn't impress me. In fact, he's behind the curve in a lot of ways. So so he took that on a shoulder or on a chin. And and I told him in the end, I know you like this traditional Christianity, but it's it's a losing proposition. In the end, if you're not Christian identity, you ain't nothing. Well, that was before I knew he was going to um engage in sex acts with his mother in law while her while 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 her while while his father in law was watching in the trailer window. <laughs> wow. That this whole um, that this Heimbach, if anybody follows Matthew Heimbach after this, I, I, I don't, I don't even want to talk to them. That this is crazy. I mean, this kid. This is what happens. That the scripture, the Bible, tells us that it's basically a curse to us. When children become our kings, when children become our leaders, and Heimbach's a child, I mean at 21 years old, you might have a, 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 a government education, but that's all you have. 
And and that government education isn't worth a damn thing in the real world. That college degree, that bachelor's degree, isn't worth a damn thing in the real world. That doesn't mean you could be a leader. Yet, you know, this kid gets out of college, becomes a a, a, a leader of this political party, this upstart party, and he's living in a single wide in Indiana. He's having sex with his wife's stepmother in a single wide, and his his best friend, who's also his father-in-law, is outside looking through the window. What the hell? What what? Who wrote this script? That this sounds like it was it, it was written for a Hollywood sitcom. <sighs> yeah, it, it, like I said, it's it's extremely cliche. You know, it's yeah, it is right out of Hollywood. Trailer trash. Sleeps with the sister. You know, banging the stepmom. It's. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, and this guy comes from uh, you know, the, and they try to present oh he comes from an affluent family he's got a college degree it's like well what the heck is he doing <laughs> he's, he's exactly what they uh, what they paint us as this is I mean I understand that all men sin and, and we really shouldn't um, make fun of other men that are caught up in acts of sin because we ourselves could fail at some point in the future but this is the danger of these um, accepting these media created leaders when they haven't actually proven themselves in the movement or, or in anything over decades it takes decades to develop the character and leadership skills that create a real leader somebody who we should follow provided that individual has um, sustainable and and firm ideas firmly formulated ideas right so it takes decades to create a real leader but these kids out of college and and these internet talking heads they might have some good ideas but they're basically entertainment that they should never be considered leaders right that they should never be accepted as leaders what did Mike Enoch ever actually do except making a, a successful website he made a successful website he did do that but how many others have done that? And they're not trying to lead anything. They're actually exactly. just trying to make a living. And and Mike Enoch looks like he's making a pretty good living. Yeah, he's the only what? He's the only paywall in all of white nationalism right now, isn't he? <laughs> not only may he be the only paywall in all of white nationalism, he's the only one that seems to be able to keep his... MasterCard symbol. And I'm saying that because I went and looked at the Right Stuff paywall when we were talking about doing this program the other day. I, um, you know, I host about 50 white nationalist websites and Christian identity websites, right? Well, I received a letter last year from the lawyers at MasterCard 
complaining about a website I host called um, ancientheritage.com or something like that. I, I, I don't even remember the exact name of the website I host, right? That's pretty crazy, but yes, um, ancientheritagefoundation.com complaining about this website because it had the PayPal link up there, which is now gone because PayPal pulled their account. And yet, you know the PayPal pay with PayPal with all the credit card symbols underneath? And the MasterCard symbol is one of those symbols, right? So MasterCard's lawyers wrote me as the website administrator the registered website administrator and demanded that I remove the MasterCard symbol from that website. That was last summer. Just about two months ago, from my own website, Christagenia.com, where I sell my books, if you go through the order process, you'll see that you could pay by credit card and there's the MasterCard symbol right next to the Visa and American Express symbols. And MasterCard wrote me and demanded that I remove their MasterCard symbol from Christagenia.com. Now, Christagenia.com, it, it's Christagenia.org gets up hundreds of thousands of visits a month, a couple hundred thousand visits a month. So I can't really say it's obscure, but it's not the most popular white nationalist website. The TRS website is 10 times more visitors, I'm sure, right? The Daily Stormer is 10 times more visitors than I get, I'm sure. So why is the MasterCard symbol still on the Right Stuff website, on the paywall? If an obscure site, a totally obscure site that only gets a couple of hundred visitors a month, ancientheritagefoundation.com, if MasterCard wrote me re demanding I remove that symbol from that site, how come it's still on the TRS site? Very interesting. Why aren't they being harassed by MasterCard? Well, that that tells me something. I don't know. If, if you were MasterCard's lawyers, where would you go first? The right stuff dot biz or ancientheritagefoundation.com. <laughs> Pretty clear. And the material at ancientheritagefoundation.com, it's kind of like innocuous. It's not really openly racist and openly anti-Semitic. It's really not. It's Christian identity books and, and a lot of, um, Eurocentric history books. But it's not saying, let's kill the Jews, and, and, and let's have a holocaust, or and any of that banter you hear from the right stuff pundits. But he still has his MasterCard symbol on his paywall to this day, or at least to yesterday. What's up with that? Why don't they harass him? It, it seems that the right stuff... In in post Charlottesville era was ex was unscathed. Was that website ever taken down? You know there was a uh, a brief period where 
a, a couple of us that are making us think about the fact that they were taking down Daily Stormer left and right, and they weren't touching the right stuff. And like two days later, oh, they took down our site. They took it down for like two hours, and they got their domain back, and everything was back to normal. But it was they got to play the victim for a little while. You know, oh, we got taken down too. Well, yeah, okay. Yeah, you know, I could take my websites down in 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 one minute. And and claim that it was taken down, and right. bring it up tomorrow or the next day, and claim I got it back. It, it's the Daily Stormer has been kicked all over the internet, and the right stuff hasn't been touched. And it seems to me like there's something going on here, because Weave is behind both sides, right? That they're all connected together. It's the same group. And the the right stuff is like the good cop. It's like the good site, and and the Daily Stormer is like the bad site, the bad cop, the bad site, and and the right stuff is a money making site with a paywall, and the Daily Stormer is a completely free site with no content that you have to pay for. So the Daily Stormer can get kicked all over the internet and it won't cost anybody any money, right? Because if you're taking credit card information and stuff like that, you're taking credit card payments, it would be a real pain in the ass to change your domain name every other day like the Daily Stormer's doing. So you got two sites in cahoots with one another. One of them collects money and makes money. The other one is free and gets keeps getting canceled and kicked all over the internet. They both push the same bullshit. White Sharia, hatred for boomers, um, ridiculous anti-Jewishness, when in fact they're pro-Jew and they're running, they're being run by Jews. One site has no credibility because it's unscathed. The other site has a bad boy image. It's always getting canceled. The site that's unscathed charges for content. The bad boy site that's always getting canceled doesn't make any money by charging for anything. It, it seems to me like you got two different approaches here run by the same group of Jews and if people disdain one of the sites they go to flock to the other site and they get the same line and and the same strategy from either site <laughs> I, I don't know if that makes sense right right no it does it does this it's a good strategy on their behalf right <laughs> it seems to me that something's going on there yeah that there's some kind of link for a whole lot of suckers that there's some kind of um organization behind it. Well, I appreciate you being here tonight, Mike. Well, thanks for having me. It's uh, <laughs> always fun to talk about these clowns, that's for sure. And, and at least now maybe people will understand why I think Mike Enoch's a Jew, and I still do. And it's not because I think so, it's because he admitted it. Yeah, we don't even think. We know. How do we know? Because he told us. Over and over again. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Thanks for being here. Uh, Yahweh bless. bless.